Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Welcome back to Fantasy or Reality. It's you and me on this path of recovery. Come join me on this journey. Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's your lovely, lovely host, CBD. I'm happy to be back. It's been another three weeks since I've done an episode. And um, we're going to talk about this and that and a few things here and there. I'll talk about a few things of uh, deep understanding and meaning. And I will also talk about hanging out with my best buddy, Johnny C. Uh, Go back and listen to that episode. I forget which one it is, but it's... uh, I don't know, around 15 to 16. Um, Yeah, so let us start there. Um, So, this past weekend, my family and I went down to Long Island, where um, where I'm from, and um, we first we went to my sister-in-law's birthday party, which was a lot of fun, hanging out there. Um, We took the kids to the pool, and we just, you know, spent some time with family, and that's always great to do. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. It was like torrential downpouring at one point, but it was really cool seeing like uh, my sons swimming in the pool with their life vests on when only just a few weeks or months ago, um, they were even a little bit nervous to get in the pool. So it's cool to see their progress there. Um, um, But yeah, after we spent a few hours at my lovely sister-in-law's house, my lunchy, um, as we call her, because we uh, had a nice lunch uh, together one time. The last time we came to Long Island, she gave us a treadmill, which I think our kids use more than anyone. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, after we left um, her birthday party, we went out to the town I grew up in, uh, east end of Long Island, and uh, hanging out with my best buddy, Johnny C., and it's always so awesome to see him. Um, I miss hanging out with my buddy. Um, you know, life gets crazy as you start adulting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, sometimes I wish I could just hang out with him more. Um, but, you know, even when we live right down the street from each other, we didn't get to see each other too much because we both were working like maniacs. Um but it was awesome going down to Long Island, going and um, hanging out with Johnny. He got this electric bike. Um, I'd never rid- ridden on one of these things before. Um, and when he first told me, like, he rode this thing to work from where we grew up to Orient Point, at first I was like, that must take forever. But <clears throat> he told me it takes, like, 40 minutes, which is awesome. So he's like, why don't you give it a try? So, of course, I jumped on it. And it goes like 20 miles an hour. And um, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're just like on a regular bike going 20 miles an hour, I mean, that was awesome. Um, going around just the area at first, feeling a wind blow against my face. And um, I don't know, it just kind of was very like uh, soothing and freeing. And it was just kind of cool riding the, uh, the bike around. <clears throat> Sorry for the coughing. Um, but... Uh, one of the things I did when I was riding on the bike was go by the house that I 
grew up in from like the age of 12 and on, which was right down the road. And my parents sold that house last year. Was it last year? Yes. Eh, I don't know. It's maybe a little over a year ago. Doesn't matter, but you know that that whole town has turned into, um, or it's turning into what the South Fork is. I don't know how many of you even know what Long Island is, or where Long Island is, or whatnot. But the South Fork is where East Hampton, Montauk. It's like you know the land of the rich and famous. You know, but like 50 years ago, it was a, a fishing town, fishing village. It was, you know, just working class people, and it slowly became this destination for the ultra wealthy. And now that's what the North Fork is becoming. The housing is getting crazy. It's it's skyrocketing, which is why we left back in 2018. And um, <clears throat> it's only getting worse. But anyway, so my, my parents sold their house to move up by us. And um, the people that bought it are basically using it as a second home. But it doesn't even look like they live there. I've gone past there a few times. And um, I've never seen anyone there. And this time when I went by, I saw garbage bags just in the driveway and cardboard boxes on the front uh, of the porch and just looking at all the overgrowth and you know uh, my stepfather used to take a lot a lot of pride in that house and it's just it was just kind of sad to see it in that way and at first I was kind of looking at it in a uh, I don't know I guess I was like kind of sad like reminiscing like thinking oh this is where I grew up and now it's just this house that nobody goes in nobody lives in um yeah so and then I just rode around the neighborhood and then rode past our old school and um you know I got a little sad at first you know just kind of seeing the change and thinking back to the way things were but I you know didn't you know I went back went and hung out with my buddy Johnny and just kind of left my mind um that night us and our wives we played some games had some fun and um it was just really cool and then at the end of the night um him and i watched the new jackass movie because we were a bunch of jackasses over here um you know we're both 38 so when we were teenagers jackass was what we watched on mtv growing up and um of course like every other teenager at that time, even though it says not to attempt these stunts, this, this, and this, blah, 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 of course you're going to attempt your own stupid stunts. So, of course, we videotaped a bunch of stupid stuff that we did back then, um, some of which Johnny Boy used in his best man speech for when uh, Kelly and I got married. Um, yeah, anyway, so, you know, it was just cool to... After having, you know, we didn't, I didn't get to spend a lot of time there. We got there in the evening and <clears throat> had to leave the next day to come back because I had to be at work Monday morning. Um, but uh, it was just fun being able to sit there and laugh with old Johnny Boy. Um, yeah, I always love going down there and just uh, getting to see my buddy. But... Uh, course it's never enough time I didn't get to see everyone I wanted to see there's never enough time um but I enjoy the time I get um but anyway so like the next morning you know we got breakfast John had to go to work um but my wife and I went and got breakfast for his wife and all our kids and uh 
came back, ate breakfast, and I had to leave around 12 o'clock. And when I left, I um, just on a whim, I was like, you know what, let me just drive around the town quick, go down and drive around back by where I used to, the first apartment that Kelly and I had in South Hold, and um, just kind of driving around. And at first, it was the same thing as it was the night before. I'm driving around, I'm looking at these places, and at first I'm getting sad, uh, wishing that things were back to the way they were. But the further I drove along, you know, each road it felt like, or each beach I drove by, or, you know, sometimes even just a part of a road, I would be reminded of a memory from either my childhood or silly things that John and me and my other friends used to do, or, you know, Kelly and I's first apartment, and, you know, when we first got married and when we first started having kids, and I remembered all these great memories. And I was able to kind of reframe my thinking. And um, instead of being sad and um, upset that the town isn't the same town I grew up in, and a lot of the people are gone, moved on, passed away, just not there anymore. It's not the same town. It doesn't have that same, I don't know, hometown vibe or whatever it used to have. Um, now I... You know, as I was driving through and getting ready to leave the town, I really started to think about how grateful I was to grow up in a place like that, around the beaches and the people I knew, the memories I had. And it really was, you know, even though there were some difficult parts of my childhood growing up, I still had a lot of great times growing up in that town. And I'm just grateful that I got to have that. Anyways, so, um, yeah, I, I kind of bring this up because, I mean, yeah, that's just recently what happened. Um, going back down to Long Island and um, kind of like learning to reframe how I think about things. Um, and just trying to, like, I don't know, man. I just, I uh, spent so much of my life, I don't know doubting myself and and worrying and <clears throat> not being present and not enjoying the moments of life. I mean, it wasn't always like that, but I mean, I spent too much time like that, especially in active addiction. Um, so, you know, at now I've really learned how to enjoy the journey, not just seeking like an end result, essentially. So... For example, you know, it's, it's good to set goals. It's good to, you know, say and have a five-year plan or whatever kind of, you know, six-month plan, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever your goals are. You want to start a business. You want to hit a year of recovery. You want to learn an instrument. You want to do whatever. Um, <clears throat> for example, for me, uh, I've really been into weightlifting and fitness over the last year. And I definitely have seen a noticeable uh, change since last year. Uh, I probably lost 30 pounds and put on a, a lot more muscle. So I, f I feel like I look like a different person than I did last year towards the end of my um, addiction. You know, I'm not where I'd like to be, but I, uh, I'm not so much worried about the end result like I used to be when I used to weightlift when I was in my 20s. You know, it had to be like, I got to get this crazy body as fast as possible, which is why I would 
resort to using steroids or resort to creatine or, you know, work out six, seven days a week um, using every possible thing I, I could, you know, making it the focal point of my life. Um, because I just was like, I wasn't going to be happy no matter how much weight I lifted, no matter how good I looked or how big I was getting or, uh, I wasn't going to be happy until, you know, I looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Ronnie Coleman at that time. Um, just as big as humanly possible. Um, and now, you know, I, I just, I enjoy the workout, even like having to get up at sometimes 3.30 in the morning, right? I got to be at work at 5 o'clock a lot of the times. And I'm like 20 minutes from work. Um, so I go in a half an hour early, you know, and I do my workout. And now, instead of worrying so much about the end result, about looking as great as possible, um, even though I'm very happy with where I progressed at this point, you know, I, I can enjoy each workout. Like after I got off work today, because Kelly and the kids are still down on Long Island visiting family, I was able to work out after work and, and instead of getting up early while they, you know, they're not here. And um, I really enjoy the workouts now. I really enjoy the process, the, the journey, you know. I like to say that word Jenny here, you know. It's, I'm, you know, I'm journeying over here. Um, <clears throat> no, but seriously, um, I, uh, I've learned to, like, enjoy each day, enjoy each moment, enjoy sometimes each set about how it makes me feel. You know, I, I enjoy making the right choices um, nutritionally. Even if I have, like, a bad day or a bad few days, I don't drop off like I used to. Like, I didn't eat great this weekend. Um, but, you know, right back at it. Sunday when I got home, um, um, you know, I've talked about before in other episodes about balancing my fitness life and my, um, my, um, nutritional, I don't want to call it a diet cause it's not a diet. It's more just like a way of, you know, changing the way I have eaten over the last few years. Yeah, so I, I can, I, I've learned to enjoy the journey as opposed to just being so focused on this end goal as if I'm going to hit some weight or some body fat or, you know, my muscles are going to be some size and then that, that's when I'm going to be happy. No, it's, it's, it's the progress. It's the day after day, getting the good workout in, getting the good, you know, meals in and feeling accomplishment and feeling I can be proud of myself and be proud of the things I've done. And you know, the way I look and the way I feel is just the byproduct of that. It's just the confirmation that I'm doing the right thing and I, I'm keeping myself healthy. And um, it's not so much about the appearance anymore. It's about the continually making of right choices, you know, making that next right choice, which is what uh, is said a lot in the um, programs, GANA. Um, you know, also I've learned to, um, really enjoy my, like really like focus on enjoying time with family. Like I don't look at my phone at all anymore when I'm with my family and my kids. Um, you know, sometimes my wife and I will watch TV at the end of the night or something like that. Um, but you know, we're just hanging out together. Um, 
but being able to like hang out with my kids and enjoy the time with my kids, you know, and um, you know, just being grateful that I'm giving them the best childhood possible. I want them to be happy and grow up happy, well-adjusted adults. Um, I want them to have a good childhood, and I enjoy spending time with them and time with my wife. Even after I've worked a 14 or 15 hour day, if they're awake when I get home, I'm hanging out with them. And um, which is one of the reasons I started working out in the morning. I didn't wanna, it's not wasting time, but I didn't wanna have to dedicate time in the evening to working out. I didn't wanna set aside that 30, 45 minutes while they're home, while they're awake. And that was the only time I could do it at first. And now that's why I go in the morning and sacrifice a little sleep so I can get that time with my family when I get home. And, um, you know, even if it's like a car ride, like on Saturday when we drove down to Long Island, I had my boys with me in the car. And um, it was just fun getting to have my kids with me in the car. You know, they're eight and four now. And it's like they're really at these cool ages where, you know, we laugh and we play and we're silly. And I'm just really grateful. I really am. Like, I love my family. And uh, they're not here right now. I'm glad they're having fun with other family on Long Island, but I, I miss the heck out of them. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And uh, the last thing I've really learned to do is like enjoying moments at work, even on a tough day. Like I used to wish my days away, you know, and I work a lot of hours. You know, I'll be at work at four or five in the morning, sometimes not getting done till six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, 12 to 16 hour days. When you're wishing those days away, life can go pretty quick. But now, you know, I still have tough times, tough days, but I don't get angry like I used to. When there's issues at work, I don't get angry. I just kind of go with the flow. I've kind of just turned into this go-with-the-flow kind of guy. And um, I go into a lot of mountainous areas around a lot of lakes. I deliver to a lot of camps now. It's the summertime. And... Um, I get to enjoy the drives in between. You know, I still have to be very aware of my surroundings because I'm driving a tractor trailer through some very mountainous areas. And people drive like maniacs. And I'm not even just talking about people in cars. There's tractor trailer guys that drive like friggin' maniacs too. I mean, this morning, I swear, it was like... Uh, this dude's like flying up on me. I'm like, I'm passing a truck. You know, I can only go 65, 66. This guy's going 62. So it takes me a minute to pass him. This guy comes up to me behind me. He's flashing at me. I'm like, what is this dude's problem? Dude, you understand? You're driving a truck. And um, I get in front of this truck, and I uh, pull off to the side and get in front of him. And then this guy goes by me, and I see he's, like, videotaping as he goes by. It's like, dude, calm down. What are you going to create a stupid video for your TikTok? Ah, whatever, man. But I just kind of laughed it off and was like, okay, you know, you want to be angry. You want to be upset. You lost 30 seconds. That's fine, man. I'm going to listen to my podcasts or, you know, uh, this past weekend or Bill Burr or whatever, you know, I'm listening to at the time um, and just enjoy my ride down, drink my coffee and just be grateful. Um, what else? What else has this old dude learned over here? 38, getting whites in my face. I don't know what is going on with that. Like, uh, 
38, and I'm looking like I'm freaking uh, 58 over here instead of 38. Am I getting whites in my facial hair? I'm getting whites in my hair. It's like, ah, eh, man, aging, aging, aging. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like 38's that old. Um, but yeah, getting that white hair. So what's this? Uh, white-haired dude over here been learning oh that's right i've been learning how to convey my thoughts and emotions better um i did this recently uh i spoke with a family member i hadn't spoken to in quite a long time and i'm not going to get into specifics because i'm not you know it's it's a family member or whatever i don't want to call anyone out or say anything but like whatever the thing was doesn't really matter it really you know I was talking to this family member of mine and I tried doing the same thing last year and I kind of was getting confrontational when they would lie or when I knew something wasn't right I'd try to call them out on it um and I would say you know you did this or you did that or this is you know or you're lying or None of that ever works. From what I've learned, no one wants to listen when you accuse them or get accusatory. So this time, when I felt comfortable enough to discuss my feelings and discuss my thoughts, um, when I would say something and they come back with some kind of defense or would lie about something, I, I would just kind of let it go. I, you know, I was, wasn't really calling to... Uh, ask them to get clean or ask them to do this or that anymore. I understand active addiction and I understand addiction and um, no one can change unless they're ready to change. And um, I also, when I was talking about like the reasons why we hadn't spoken in a year and um, the um, reasons why I was upset and <clears throat> the things that hurt me over my life, um, I would say things, you know, I, I, I would say it more in a way as if, like, this is something that happened. I'm not judging. I'm not saying anything to make you feel bad. I'm just saying this is an event that happened, which led up to us not talking. And this is how it made me feel. And this is why it made me feel this way. I've really come to learn that that is the only way to convey your thoughts and emotions to anyone and have it actually be heard. I wish I could take uh, credit for this, but I learned this through my lovely therapist, uh, Joseph. Um, and I find it's true. You know, it's whoever we're speaking with, or at least whoever I speak to about stuff like this, I feel like I'm heard more when I keep it to just my thoughts and feelings. And anytime I try to say, you know, I wouldn't have done this to you or, you know, you did this to me. It immediately reverts back to this defensive mode and everything I've said is not heard. Um, so I feel like I had better success this time around and now we're back to speaking and I hope we can repair our relationship because I love this person and um, I just want what's best for them. And even though, like I knew that there were things that were not true during the conversation. I didn't even address it. Like it wasn't, I wasn't even calling to address these things anymore. It's just, 
you're going to live your life. I just want you to be happy. I love you. These are the things that made me upset. These are the things I need going forward. And, and let's work on this from here. And um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm not going to have any expectations. Just keep going on the journey, man. See how it goes. Um, Families are tough, aren't they? You know, you'd think you'd have, like, more issues with, like, your non-family members. You'd fight with more non-family members, but it seems like... Man, I know we all have our own shit and our own stuff in our families. But, um... Yeah, that's for another podcast. We'll get into that another time. You know, I love my family. Um... I'm not talking about my wife and my kids, and I have a great relationship with a lot of people in my family. I don't want you to think that I don't, um, but there's just a few people in my family I just have a hard time with, and um, I've had to set boundaries with, and I've had to, you know, I've tried for years to make it work and give suggestions and forgive and forgive and forgive and try to move on, and um, sometimes you just have to do what's best for you and your own family. And um, those are some of the decisions I've had to make. I, yeah, it's kind of tough to talk about unless I give more examples, but I just don't want to do that to them. Because even though there are things that really upset me about some of these family members, it's still not fair to speak about them without them here. Um, but life goes on. I have to focus on myself, my wife, my children, my recovery, my happiness, my family's happiness, and uh, finding the balance and all that. You know, finding time to enjoy the things I do, finding time to enjoy my family, being able to play my guitar, being able to work out, and, um, you know. Just find, and find the happiness and good things in life. And, you know, a lot of what I've learned has come to me over the last almost, what are we, 14, 15 months at this point. And I had actually just hit 13 years. I've been off uh, the heroin. Um, crazy to think back about that, too. It's been 13 years since... Uh, I have done any hard drugs. Um, I know I've said this before. I, I had a drink on my honeymoon in like 2012, so I, I feel like I should move my clean date to that date in September in um, 2012. But, you know, at least I've been um, clean off any hard drugs, any drugs at all since um, July... 15th of uh, 2009 pretty crazy um, I think in another like uh, future episode I might talk about what heroin addiction is like um, yeah I think I'm gonna branch off into other ideas and and uh, you know this podcast is not gonna only be about gambling like I said in the beginning we'll see where it goes and um, I'm still gonna talk about gambling addiction addiction in general um, I think they're all 
very related. Um, and um, yes, thank you for listening. Um, let's see. Uh, I would like to try to get some more guests on here in the future. If you are comfortable telling your story, uh, it does not have to be a gambling story. It could be, you know, drug addiction. It could be any. It could be anything really. It could be any type of mental health disorder. So, I'd like to just have people on here that have had some kind of obstacle in life, some real difficulties, and what they did to work through that, identify it, and and how they are either came out and on the other side a better person, or or how they're working on themselves to become a better person because. Like I said, this is a journey. There's no end date. There's no finish line. You know, it's just about self-improvement and um, making your life better one day, one moment at a time. So if you're comfortable enough to come on and share your story, whatever it may be, it does not have to be gambling or drug-related. It could be anything. Uh, I just kind of want to give people hope that there is a possibility for change. Like we do not have to be stuck in the misery, regardless of what it may be, and the misery of heroin addiction, the misery of gambling addiction. Life is so much better now. I am so much happier now. And um, that's why I do this, to share that change is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you listening to your boys, DVD. Um, yeah, and I will talk to you all soon. Be good to yourselves and each other. Bye. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G A M dash a-n-o-n dot org the number is 718-352-1671